Welcome back to another episode of the Tough Love Terry podcast. Today's episode is featuring a Facebook Live I did with Miss Megan, where we spoke about how competition gets in her way and how she can move forward confidently within her business. Okay. Hi. Sorry. That's okay. It worked. It worked. That's all that matters. We are here and it's happening. And if you go away again, well, it's just a sign that it's not meant to happen. Fair. Fair. All right. Perfect. So, Megan, let everyone know kind of like the context for what, what you were wanting help with. Um, yeah. Kind of what you were looking for. Um, okay. So, like, I've, I don't know. I've been doing it for like five or six years now. And I just have been doing the like boudoir thing for two years now, maybe. Um, but I have this tendency to like just go full bore into being really generous and like offering like free shoots to every single person. I know over delivering images. Like I just switched to IPS like in the past like two months. And I have just a chronic habit of undervaluing my time and my energy. And then I go like oscillate totally the other way to um, being like super militant about like every ounce of my time. That's where I'm at now. Like I have no desire to do um, free anything. I like offer discounts for um, modeling and that kind of stuff. But like I offer no free anything. And I'm like, I can feel myself sometimes get bitter that I have kind of created a client base that doesn't really that thinks they can take anything from me and so I feel like I'm just in the middle of trying to train my clients to know that I'm now finicky and fussy about my time (laughs) and now that I'm understanding my time is value but I don't want to be totally the other way either because I got into photography for the art of it right so I don't want to lose that to the fact that it's now my full-time job which it is my full-time job um so I seem to lack the ability to find a nice place in the center seems to be a recurring issue yeah well I can see like you and I actually share that same kind of tendency where it's like we have to get to the heart of why we feel we have to give stuff away anyways mm-hmm. like like we we're like oh it's for them it's for them but yeah. it's actually not it's actually for your ego that wants to feel good that mm-hmm. you're saving the day like did they like when you give away free sessions or free photos, like, is it that they asked for that? Or you're like, maybe they'll like me more if I do that. Oh yeah. It's a big like boost of my, whatever hormone is responsible for people admiring and loving you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and then what happens though, is I, it's kind of, I always think of when I went to therapy and the, and when I was I realize that I don't like to be an inconvenience for people. And so that's one reason why I have a hard time setting boundaries because I'm afraid that me saying no will mean they will like me less. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, and the example that the therapist brought up for me was about my sister because I would always say yes to taking care of her kids, but then I would be mad at her for like, I'd be like, Oh, she's just taking advantage of me. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, is like, no, I never gave her the opportunity to try anything else aside from asking me because I kept saying yeah. yes. Like, yeah. why, would, why wouldn't she take advantage of that situation? Like, if she knows I'm always going to say yes, then it's not her fault. So the first time I said no, because I had things to do, was she upset? Yeah, at first, but then she figured it out. 
she was only upset because finally there was a boundary where there had never been boundaries before and it's like when you take away like when if you've given your kid a toy for like a long time then you're like oh, fuck like i shouldn't be giving that to them i'm gonna take that away <laughs> mm-hmm. of course they're gonna be pissy about it right because they're yeah. like what and it's like well actually I wasn't being fair before I was taking advantage which sounds weird because we're giving so much of ourselves but it is in an effort to make ourselves feel better like it's giving with an expectation of something in return which Mm -hmm. is why we feel bad when we see people taking advantage of that and then we feel bad that other people don't do that for us yeah right and like then we just feel bad all the time and then that's where we go full swing the other way where it's like nope like i'm shutting this down (laughs) not happening because we let it go too far right so i think what i had to do for me and it might be beneficial for you is set a limit on how much free shit you will give away in a year so for me i had a tally on my above my desk that literally i said 12 free things it could be a photo shoot it can be a set of images whatever like i have 12 opportunities to to exercise that part of me that needs that validation or that shiro syndrome uh that needs that but you can only do 12 if you want to do one a month cool you can do that if you decide to do it all in like one day (laughs) cool but you have a maximum of 12. so then it's like you can still appease that part of you that like loves to give and even if it's not like from a place of like wanting love if it is just like i just want to give like you still need to appease that part of you a little bit and you can't just shut it down because then you feel guilty which is what's happening now yeah Right. So that might be something that would work for you in this regard where it's like, okay, I know I want to offer some free stuff, but I have to be very clear on why I'm doing it in the first place. And even if that's being clear that you understand that, okay, I'm going to give this free because I'm, I'm feeling low in myself and that <laughs> will make me feel better, then at least you're aware of the cause and it, yeah. and you're taking control of it as opposed to it currently kind of controlling you, right? Right. Yeah. So I think I think the fact that you're aware that this is happening is the best thing because <laughs> because we go a very long time like just not being aware that it is our fault that this yeah. is happening, right? Yeah. We're like, why are people so mean to me? <laughs> me. And it's like, well, because you're mean to you, mm-hmm. right? So we need to figure out, like, so for you, I think it is going down that little rabbit hole of, like, what are you afraid of if you do charge full price for your services? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. The pricing situation was chaotic because I was, like, just the whole time, like, just sweating, being like, I can't charge this much. Like, nobody's ever going to hire me if I charge this much. Like, I'm just a chronic underseller, undervaluer. So, when I first did that switch, I was like, so stressed out about it. And I still like my problem still is that I don't have like, I don't make a full time income off of it, even though I do it full time, because I'm like, in the middle of like a price framing shift. And I'm in the middle of like, putting my attention in 300 different areas. So it's all like, I feel like it's coming just really slowly. But 
yeah, the pricing thing was hilarious. And I consulted like so many people and so many people that weren't photographers. They're like, I don't really know like what is standard. And I'm just like, I just need someone to validate that I'm feeling overwhelmed with this. <laughs> oh, no, I am. I'm literally exactly the same as you when it comes to pricing. Like uh, I, I have created systems so that when it comes time to do the in-person reveal, all of the uncomfortableness is pretty much out the window. Like it's gone because I was the same way because I do not value myself. Uh, and I know that about myself. So what I started to do was I said, okay, I'm going to reward people for paying before the reveal. That was mm, the first thing that I did. Smart. So them yeah. So I take my prices. I would raise it enough that I could offer a 20% discount if they paid ahead of time. So then that way that was taken care of. That was the first thing. The second thing was doing my cost of doing business to figure out, okay, if I want to keep doing this every day of my life, or like, I want this to be my job, what is the minimum amount that I have to charge? Like, if you can get the logical part of your brain to override the emotional part that's telling you you're not good enough to charge that, spreadsheets help because I hate looking at them, but they don't lie. Mm -hmm. Like when you fill out, uh, are you in the Boudoir Alliance group? Yeah. Okay, so Andrea uh, Mendoza just uh, like a, a few weeks ago did a cost of doing business um, breakdown and she included a Google uh spreads like google sheets thing where you can go in and fill in your overhead costs to figure out if you want to shoot x amount of shoots per year this is the minimum that you need to be making from every client so then what i do is i basically set my lowest collection and session fee would be that minimum that minimum amount that I have to make so that way if people decide to book over like pay more than that it's just a bonus mm -mm. but if every client booked me at the lowest possible amount I would be fine does that make sense like that helped me reduce the stress of like oh no now I have to sell them on this idea yeah and we, and I see that a lot in a lot of the different groups uh, that, that are very good about money and things like that, but where they're like, well, you need to have it set up this way so that people will buy your middle collection or your top yeah. collection. And that never sat right with me because then I would see people complaining that people were booking their lowest collection. And I'm like, well, if you don't want them to buy that, then don't have it there. Like, I don't understand why you're upset about that. <laughs> So a way for me to appease that was to basically say, okay, if every client I booked literally just purchased my least, least amount of whatever, I would be able to make a living doing this, right? The logic had to override the emotional part telling you that I wasn't good enough to say, no, if you want to do this and you have value, like what you're doing is changing lives and you, people want you to keep doing that, they will pay your, at least your base minimum. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. That's wicked smart. So, yeah. So coming around to it that way might help you like to restructure your pricing and things like that. Um, Susie says, I started doing that this year and it's a good thing. Because the thing is, like, overcoming those money blocks doesn't, isn't going to happen overnight. But in the meantime, you need to be 
working and making enough money that you're not getting burnt out and you yeah. still like your job and people aren't taking advantage of you, right? Yeah. So, so one of the, yeah, so now, right now you're at the point where you said like all these things are in place where you're like, oh, nobody gets free photo shoots, nobody gets anything like that. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> Um, but now, now you're at the point at the end of that, where you start to feel bad, right? Can you see how it's like this? Yeah. It's very much like, now I feel bad. So I have to go back to here, but then that's going to cause you to be back down here. And it's literally just going to keep going. So there has to be a shift along the way to make it more hmm, like a line as opposed to a continuous circle of like self-defeatism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for you, like, we can go into why do you undervalue yourself? Oh, <laughs> well, um, I think I'm, like, I'm pretty sure it's because I have lived in another photographer's shadow since I started. And a big part of that is, like, and, like, I'm super comparative as a person, and I'm always like, oh, I'm just not where she is, and I need to be where she is. So um, that's never been to my benefit um I start she kind of like was the person that and she's always been really lovely she doesn't do it, the niche that I do at all so it's odd that I compare myself to her because we have two wildly different kind of things going on but she's kind of the first person that taught me like how to shoot manual and so like I've just kind of always compared myself to her but I also there's like as with any place my area is flooded with photographers and so and I always see like photographers that I feel like have doing it for less time than me and I've just been grinding for so long and I just see them have like wild bookings and like so busy and sometimes I'm just like maybe I should just be a family wedding photographer it seems so much easier to do that seems like there's more people doing that and so I get into this like repetitive like well maybe I should burn it all down and start from square one again kind of thing and then I have to like from there build myself back up into knowing and acknowledging that I'm worthy of this. And so it's just like an exhaustive process. And so I have, I'm so, getting better at staying up here, but sometimes I still catch myself, you know? I think it's important for you to focus on that competitive spirit of yours yeah. and recognize that it's not helping you and it's actually getting in your way significantly to make, like as long as you put energy into what other people are doing, you're taking less energy away from yourself. Yeah right? Like you're spending more time in their business. No wonder they're booking up because they're focused on their business. Well, so are you fo- you're also focused on their business. I know, right? right? Like, the other thing I think that we forget about though, is like what we see our eyes believe, but it's not always true. I can yeah. tell you if you looked at me, like actually, if you look at me now, I'm constantly posting on Instagram, new work. I'm always doing this stuff. You would assume that I'm constant like book solid for the next like for every year it's just based on what you know of me that's yeah. not true i i like book like two months in advance maybe oh really yeah because oh. you don't know the thing is <laughs> you don't know the context around these people yeah. what you are telling yourself about these people you're filling in the gaps of the truth that's true right it's you true. need to look at the context and say when somebody says wow i'm booked out for a year to them, that might be one photo shoot a month. Yeah. That to them is right. being booked out. But our mind is like, what? They're shooting seven days a week and have clients <laughs> all this time? That's insane. Oh, poor me. me yeah. Do. 
But the thing is, we don't have that context. We know nothing about those people, and they might just be saying that shit anyway. They may it's not true. be true. It's true. Like, the thing is, the more time we spend in other people's businesses, the less time we're spending in our own and focusing right. on what is right for us and what we want to do. Because if you're the other thing is, if you're looking at the the strategy of somebody else or like, oh, I want to do exactly what they're doing and how they're doing it, then you've just lost the artist piece of why you do what you do. Yeah, I get stuck in that strategy piece a lot. Because you're looking at other people. Yeah. So my recommendation is to stop fucking looking at other people. I know. Sometimes I go through these periods of time where I delete or unfollow every single photographer I follow because I'm just like, I can't, like, I can't get you out of my head. I should do that again for sure. No, it's so, it's so necessary to be cognizant of what is making our brains squishy. Like, you know what I mean? And making your heart sad. And like, when we first start following people or groups or things like that, we always are, we start with good intentions. Like, this is going to motivate me to be better. But then, especially for people that are that are really com- competitive and comparison theory is a thing, then we are using a version called upwards comparison, where we're looking to other people to achieve or aspire to be like, but it makes us feel worthless because we're not there yet. Yeah. yeah so it's time. not helping you at that point. So that means get rid of it. Like, yeah. you don't owe that to anyone. You don't have to follow any photographers. Most, and I always think about this, I'm like, I wonder what groups Annie Leibovitz is in. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right? Like, not, none, because she's too busy fucking doing the job. Yeah. Like, so many of us, don't leave this group, obviously, but I mean. I would kidding, never. <laughs> but the thing is, I think it's really important for us to acknowledge if a person or a group or an environment is no longer serving us, it can go. It's like Marie condoing that shit. Yeah. If it is not sparking joy, then it's doing the opposite and that you don't have the mental capacity to take that on, especially as an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> like, our job, we're already doing, like, 12 jobs in one. Like, we do not need also worrying about somebody else's business added onto our task load. Yeah, totally. Right? So my recommendation there is to literally go through everything that makes you feel like shit and unfollow it and don't re-follow it. If people come to you and be like, why do you unfollow me? Be like, oh, that's on you. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't even know. I tell people, if following me makes you feel like shit, stop it. Like, yeah. don't follow me. I don't yeah. care. I don't notice if people unfollow me. I don't care. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So... But the other thing, too, is maybe starting to incorporate some sort of gratitude process would be Mm. beneficial for you. That's Mm -hmm. one of the best antidotes to comparison. Yeah. It's acknowledging what you do have, acknowledging the clients that you do serve, acknowledging that, you know what, I did book five sessions for this month or whatever the thing is, and being thankful that at least you have five Yeah. or whatever the number is, right? Yeah. Like we... Because the thing is, and I see this every time the Black Friday promos run or come around. I don't, even, I don't even understand it. I don't, like, I don't know but what's happening there. People are like, oh, I only booked 17 people. <laughs> and I'm like, those 17 people just spent money with you and you're pissed at them? Get out of here. Like, yeah. no. Like, those people deserve 
all like even if somebody's spending the bare minimum with you they are choosing to spend their money and their time with you yeah they I just have to get to my kids sorry no worries <laughs> yeah no i agree with that for sure come here yeah so i think that's really important hello Hi. Hi. <laughs> did you just woke up she's like comparison Ugh. yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's really important like I, I think the, the good thing is is that you are aware of how much these things do get in your way which is why you are able to pull yourself back up when you yeah. feel low yeah but it is important for you to start putting strategies in place. And so one thing that I always tell people is start to notice before it gets too bad. Mm-hmm. So like, what, what does competition feel like in your body? Mm, not great. <laughs> no, it's probably like tummy area, maybe a little heat flash coming up. Like, wait, what? why do they have that? Why don't I have that? Right. Yeah. And then, then that's the time where you're like, where you need to come in and retrain your brain to say, okay, I have these feelings. Now I need to like, I need to deal with them. So saying, why do I think that having what they have will make me a better person? Yeah. And asking yourself when you see, when you see, let's say a photographer that's quote unquote looked up, what do they actually have that you don't have? Yeah. Was Nothing it that- really the confidence to just go for it yeah I don't know like I I feel like the only thing that I really like um when it comes to comparison like that I really am bad for is is just like volume of clients because I don't even need to be like like stupid busy really to cover my cost of working like I but I it just like I often just wish it was more like I don't need a lot of clients I just need like enough but continually right to just kind of be relatively busy I don't need to be jam-packed but just enough like all the time right instead of these like weird peaks so I think it's also important to understand that like nobody's business uh, and they're lying if they tell you it is is like this no nobody literally <laughs> nobody's business is like that it is like this. Yeah, for sure. And here's, this is like one of my favorite things I always tell photographers is that when we're looking at what everyone else is doing because of these Facebook groups, we see person A is busy from January to March. They're constantly booked up. They're working. They're hustling. They're talking about it all the time. And then person B is busy from uh, April, May, June. April to June. <laughs> So we're yeah. like, they're talking about their business and how busy they are and how booked up they are. Uh, so what you're seeing is that people are busy from January yeah. to June, when in fact that's not true. People are usually busy for three months, have a lull, and then busy again. Right. And the other person is has a lull and then is busy for three months. Yeah. On average. Right. Like, it's it's entrepreneurship is not as consistent unless you're like, you really have some solid yeah. systems down, it's not going to be consistent. Because even those people, let's say they book up, you know, four shoots, whatever, a week for the next, like, year, uh. you, don't think, 
you don't think people are going to come along and cancel, reschedule, um, you know, ask for refunds? Yeah, yeah they are totally. going to do that. But are you going to hear about that on social media? No. Again, you're missing the context. Yeah, totally. You're right. So for you, and one of my favorite things to do is look at how many shoots in a year do you want to accomplish? I don't know the and answer I, to that, actually. <laughs> but, but that's the thing is like, so, so doing, doing the cost of doing business, like go through that pricing thing, figure it out. So it's at a number that you feel confident charging, um, but also you're getting compensated for your time. So if you want yeah. to make, we'll say, or if you have to make, we'll say $2,000 per client. Um, then maybe that means photographing, I don't even know, a hundred clients a year and just being okay that within that year, there will be a hundred clients understanding that that doesn't mean that hundred clients is going to be split up evenly between mm. the months. Instead, one month, you might have 20 clients. The next month you might have five clients. Right. Right. Yeah. But Overall, you've hit your goal that you were looking for. Yeah. Where entrepreneurs, particularly creative ones, get into trouble is that usually when we, especially if you have money blocks, when money comes in, money goes out. Mm. Like as soon as you have it, you spend it because you don't like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that happens <laughs> right? to me too. Yeah. I've never even thought about because, that. Yeah. Because that's my pattern. <laughs> Is that as soon as I have my bank accounts, like, woo, you're over $10,000. I'm like, buy the water bank, do the things. Like, yeah. I need to spend the money. And, and then I started to realize that it wasn't, it, it was from a scarcity mindset that I'm right. like, well, I have the money, so now I have to spend it. As opposed to if I could keep putting away the same amount of money every time. Like when I do make the money, it's the same amount of money goes over, but I would have a consistent amount in my bank account to make me feel safe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? And yeah. the thing that I had to do in my bank account because of the way I feel about money is I had to say, you know what? I get, I spend less when my account goes below 5,000. So what that tells me is that everything above 5,000 has to go into a separate account that I can't even look at. Right. then I won't spend the money yeah. right so it's understanding what are my behaviors around these things that make me squidgy and what strategies can I put into place to help me cope with these things until I can work my mind around why I need to heal these money blocks or how I can heal these like blocks that I have right because the thing is wanting to be good with money is not the same as working towards it right so it's like <laughs> Until, and I won't get there if I keep behaving the way I keep behaving. Right. So first I need to take care of the behavior and then I can work on the belief around the, the problem. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Like, in the meantime, I need to be saving fucking money for the yeah. month where I maybe only have three clients. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm poor. Because that's literally, literally what you're describing is me all the time. I'm like, I'm so rich. This is amazing. And then literally the next month, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like two extremes. I exist in, like, extreme A or extreme B. And it's, like, so relieving when I can exist in the middle. I'm like, wow, you're nailing it. You're adulting. But it's here or here. 
with everything like it's so overwhelming and that's what I noticed for me is that I have a very binge binge behavior and I'm starting to do this study on like I think well me for specifically all of my binge behavior stems from a scarcity mindset in that I'm afraid that if I don't utilize it take it in buy it now that it won't be there later yeah because that that is like growing up like I'm starting to realize like when I was younger this was a pervasive issue in my family right um, and things like that around money like we were poor on the farm um and stuff like that and even with food like I was a fatter kid so like I would hoard food you know buying clothes I never was able to get clothes as a, as a kid so now as an adult I'm like now I can get clothes that like fit a, a fat body this is fantastic but yeah. I buy a lot from a place of not being able to do it before right. so until I'm able to like re like basically reframe all of those belief systems I need to take control of the behavior for myself um, in the meantime. And that means maybe enlisting somebody to help with the money part of it. Maybe bringing somebody in to do your sales for you. Like it'll look different for everyone. But right. understanding that the behavior is not going to change itself. That that's where you have to step in and say this. I know this is a problem. So here is something I'm going to try to fix that. And mine is all through trial and error trying to figure it out. Right. Yeah, but but having that ability to self-analyze, recognize that it's a problem, is the first step, and then the second step is okay. What kind of system would help me to create a better security and more safety net? So if I'm not able to shoot twenty clients, then you won't be focused so much on booking up consistently, rather right. because you have that safety net. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, totally. It's having that yeah. comfort. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the biggest fear for most people when it comes to running your business. And most of us never took a business class, number one. So we don't, we get into it, we're like, it's fun and I can make money at it. But we let the market decide our price mm. instead of deciding the price um, on our time. And always remember, especially you have kids, like time is finite. Yeah. Right? Like you literally, when you give an hour of your time, you can make infinite money. You can, like, look at Jeff Bezos. <laughs> you can literally make so much money that you don't even know what to do with it. But ultimately, you are, tra you're tra like, trading your time that is finite. Yeah. So that's where, for me, I, I had to have the shift around what I was charging for the time that I was spending. And so, to like, oh, you go ahead. No, you go. I was just going to say, the, my only hang-up with charging is that, like, I, when I first sat down to do my pricing, I was actually going to price like twice or like maybe a third higher than what I've settled at. And it's because I'm stuck between thinking, should I just set my prices high now instead of, instead of going lower and then training the clients that I'm going to go higher. But I'm like, if I go to, if I had to price myself where I wanted to initially, because I'm about where I value myself, I'm like wildly higher than every photographer in my area, except for wedding photographers. And, but I'm wildly low in my, in the industry, right. Comparatively to like other boudoir photographers, but not in my specific area. So I ended up settling on a little bit less because I didn't want to price myself out of the market. Do you find that you're on the higher end of photographers in your area? 
Oh, in my area? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In my area? Yes. But comparatively to other boudoir photographers, fuck no. Like there, because the thing too, is that's not, that's not my motivating factor. Right. I, like I would rather be happy in doing what I'm doing, servicing the amount of clients that I want to service. Um, and still be like, like, like I said, figuring out what is the least amount that I can make to make the salary that I want to make. Yeah. Right? Or what is the least amount I can charge to make the salary that I want to make. Right. And then going from there, I don't really look at people in my area, but I would assume based on the culture here, there's not a lot of people doing boudoir full time anyways. Um, and I don't think a lot of them do weddings as well and stuff like that because it's a small town city. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but the thing is, like, at one point, I was comparing myself to the industry standard, like, what a lot of people are charging in, like, the states where people, like, have hundreds of credit cards. Like, in Canada, we have debit, and, like, <laughs> the money people have is not the same here. You know what I mean? Yeah. People are more cautious of spending. Yeah. So, so I, I tried pricing myself, like, I should, compared to, the, like, what people were saying about my work and doing yeah. And I lost, I lost so many clients Did because, you? Yeah. because I was chasing the wrong thing. I wasn't looking for at my clients as like people to empower and serve. I was looking at them as like, well, obviously Little price tags. Yeah. it was all about me. It yeah. can't be about that. So, so I think getting clear on that's where like understanding how many people you realistically want to shoot in a year yes. will help you it's a lot, like figure out the logical side of that stuff first. Okay, that's smart. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, coming up, number one, stop following everyone else. Stop listening to people. Yes. Smart. Legit. Like, after, as soon as you get off this, you best be unfollowing so many groups and so many people that make you feel like shit. Okay. Because then you, then you have to listen to yourself. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> okay. That's on my yeah. to-do list today. Yeah, do that. And then when you're done, report back. <laughs> but but then but then I do recommend if you haven't done your actual cost of doing business, go use the calculator that Andrea okay. did in the Boudoir Alliance so you can okay. figure out the minimum amount that you need to charge to make the salary that you want to make. Okay. Um and then see, maybe maybe it's under the amount that you're actually charging, or maybe it's over the amount that you're charging. Like either right. way, now you know the minimum that it needs to be is this. All right. And then okay. the next time you do get caught up, because you're not going to unfollow everything, but the thing is, the next time you get caught up in that trap of comparison, I need you to ask yourself, but what is the context around this person? Like, what do yeah. I actually know? Generally, usually nothing. <laughs> right. It's just like face value and then our belief systems attach onto that. And then we spiral this story that's unhelpful. Yeah. So like I said, be like, but what do I actually know? Is it true? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I actually don't know. So like you, you can't, the other thing is what somebody else is fucking doing has nothing to do with you. Yeah. At all. It's true. Literally zero. It's true. There's a bajillion clients and a bajillion photographers. There's someone yeah, for everyone. That's what I that's what I always shout about. But I like I'm always just like, there's a seat at the table for everybody, because there is. And you know, like carve out your own spot. Don't sit in the lap of another. Like I always shout about it. And then I'm like, and I do that constantly because I need to like 
literally remind myself and whoever may be listening mostly remind myself so like that it's in there like it's funny that you know these things logically but (laughs) you should also be filling in all that time you're gonna now have from not following other businesses you should be listening to like Gary Vaynerchuk because he talks a lot about ignoring competition and like what and but like feeding that into your brain to help you rewire it and like listening to content that is literally going to reshape your belief systems around money around yourself as a business person and so on like take that same energy and apply it to furthering yourself not degrade yourself and what's that what's his name gary vaynerchuk okay yeah if you type in gary v like v-e-e uh it'll come up He's good shit. I have my morning walks with him. I listen to him. But it like totally, you're like, I just need to hear this message like a thousand times over to remind myself. And that's (laughs) what it does. It's like the more, whatever you are feeding into is the thing that you'll see the most. Yeah, it's so true. If you're constantly looking for competition, that's all you're going to see. Yeah. So before you leave, we're going to do an activity to prove this. So close your eyes for a second, like stabilize yourself. Okay. Okay. So I want you to tell me everything that's red around you with your eyes closed. Red? Red, uh, yeah. It's funny you say that because, like, my toaster, my KitchenAid mixer, and my kettle is red. But I think okay. that's actually it. Okay. So you know what it is. So that's good. Okay. So now if you open your eyes and look around. and then <laughs> Like a bunch more stuff is red. Because you know why? Because that's what you're looking for. So now all you're going right. to fucking see is red shit everywhere. It's and like true. That's, that's <laughs> called the red in the room. You don't notice it unless you're actively looking for it. And what you're actively looking for is proof and and everything to tell you that you're not valuable. So that's exactly what you're seeing when you look at everyone else. Mm. Okay. All okay. Right. You got me. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> now, now you're not going to see red forever. Like, you're literally yeah. just going to see You're like, fuck, it's the red in the room. So, <laughs> um, but so, so redirect that is what I'm saying, though. Redirect your attention from looking for what you want confirmation for to what you need confirmation for. Right. Look for the confirmation that you have amazing clients. Look for confirmation that you are valuable. Look, you know what I mean? Start retraining your brain to look for better things. Okay. All right? Okay. Cool. I got to go do a photo shoot. Uh, that's a fun one. But thank you so much for hopping on last minute yeah. for this. Um, I'm going to post this. Hopefully this helped a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, it will be up on my YouTube channel uh, later someday, I'm sure. Uh, but thank you for jumping in last night. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate it too. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.